Welcome to the How Do I Mom podcast. This is not your how-to guide to motherhood. This is a how-do. How do you mom? How do I mom? And how can we mom better together? By sharing our stories, we become more connected. Join us and allow us to meet you where you are in whatever season you're in. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode four of How Do I Mom? In our first few episodes, we navigated through being a working mom, uh, casting a little vision about How Do I Mom, and most recently honored Mother's Day. And today I am so excited for this episode. We're going to be diving into a topic that I am super interested in hearing more about. And I've invited a friend who knows a lot more than I do um, to discuss How Do I Mom Homeschooling Edition. So Cheryl, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. It is such an honor to be here and get to share what my experience has been with homeschooling. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, so Cheryl and I have crossed paths, I feel like, a lot over the last several years and more recently, lately. And I've admired Cheryl from a distance. You know, people always say you can tell more about a parent in the way their kids treat other people. And Cheryl's boys um, have always just been so kind and respectful. And so I knew from a long time ago that Cheryl was just not only a really great mother, but um, a really great person. And so I'm so excited to have her on today. So Cheryl, would you uh, give us a little background about you and your family? We are a family of now six. If we include our new dog, he got a golden doodle about a week ago. How old? He is about 11 weeks old now. Okay. So we're, so we're jumping back into potty training. We are. We are. It is not as hard as a newborn. Okay. Though. So I am thankful for that. Hopefully not as expensive too with diapers. Yes. Okay. Good. Good. Uh, I have a stepdaughter who is going to be 16 in just a few weeks. She is uh, a rising junior. And then I have an 11-year-old who is finishing up the fifth grade and a seven-year-old finishing up first grade. We love being outside. My husband enjoys more the mountains. I prefer the beach. But outside, nonetheless. Yes. My boys probably could live outside in the woods if we would let them. <laughs> So we spend never need a bathroom. Yes. Right? <laughs> yes, that is the benefit of boys. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Uh, we love to travel and it's been really neat to be able to incorporate yeah. um, both being outside, our love for outside and our love for travel into our homeschooling journey. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I, okay. So you shared a little bit about your kids and their ages. So can you share a little bit about how your family came to the decision to homeschool? Sure. I actually have an education background okay. as well as children's ministry. And so I dreamed about homeschooling before mm -hmm. I was ever married, before I had any kids. But then I get married, have our first one, and he was such a social butterfly, even as a baby. Yeah. And so I was concerned thinking homeschooling, just in my mind, not having done it before, would be isolated. It would just mm -hmm. be us. Yeah. And so it was never something we pursued um, because of that, knowing he thrives around people. Yeah. And so I didn't want to, we didn't want to pull him out, but we researched preschools when he got about two years old, just seeing how he really needed to be around other kids. Yeah. 
and researched so many different preschools and managed to find one that we absolutely loved. So many of them. I mean, they do great things. They love kids. Mm-hmm. They uh, play and they learn as they're playing. But this one particular one really hit on some values that we didn't even have words to put. We didn't even mm-hmm. have uh, we hadn't even put it into words what it is we were looking for. But this particular one was intentionally culturally diverse, and mm-hmm. it thrived on the differences of the children as part of their learning environment. Yeah. So we went, we took him there for his preschool years, and it only went to kindergarten. So at that point, we were still looking for the same kind of thing, um, but we found it in the version of a Christian school. So he, he went to Christian school. Our oldest went to a Christian school for first grade and then second grade. And then the pandemic hit. Gotcha. Okay. So to answer the question, <clears throat> pandemic, the pandemic is the reason we ended up homeschooling. Um, it kind of fell into our lap. It, right. There was the uncertainty after we came home in March, 2020 yep. uh, and did the li- digital learning thing. I I remember <laughs> I was six months pregnant with a toddler and a first grader. I remember. Yes. Um, and so with the uncertainty of what the next school year would look like, we started asking our son, what did he think about doing school at home? Hmm. And what was really neat about the digital learning experience, the teacher would ask the class periodically and she'd put this feelings wheel up and she'd ask on this feelings wheel, how is everyone feeling about being home? Mm -hmm. And for the most part, the other kids had negative feelings about being at home, wanting to be back at school. And Emmanuel was the only one that was had positive feelings and he consistently had positive feelings. Mm -hmm. So we started asking him, what do you think about doing this at home? He kept saying, yes, let's do it. And so we did. Wow. That's so cool. So you've only been, so you've been homeschooling now for almost, well, three years. I guess, gosh, yes. That feels so crazy to me that 2020 was three years ago. Um, And like you said, it's something that you've been dreaming about, but because of the pandemic, it really just fell into your lap. And I think you're one of many parents, excuse me, who have been on that journey, right? Who have kind of found their way in, okay, what do we do? And is maybe, maybe there were many parents out there who were pursuing that or considering it. And then when the pandemic hit, it gave them an opportunity to like live that out and see kind of more about that. Um, So for me, and I know you kind of hit on this in regards to your kids being social because we know every child is very different and you can tell it from an early age. But like for me, um, one of the most daunting parts of homeschooling for me would be putting together a curriculum. Now I know that has changed. Um, in fact, I was hoping to have another friend on today who God bless her heart. She actually took in our oldest during the pandemic, during that fall semester um, and homeschooled him with her kids. And she was such a godsend for us. It was such a strange time us having a newborn and us trying to figure out going back to school for him and what that would look like for us. And I learned in that season, there is so, there, there's so much out there for homeschool now that maybe wasn't in the past. So can you share a little bit, like, how do you plan for your year, especially when your kids are in different grades? The mutual friend you just referred to, <laughs> yeah. she is actually one of the 
reasons we decided to homeschool. Gotcha. She simplified it for me. I took so many notes from her and a couple of other homeschooling moms who were doing it prior to the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And, but she definitely was instrumental in simplifying the whole homeschooling, the decision to homeschool and what to do when you decided to homeschool for me. And one of the things I took away from her was At the end of the day, especially at the elementary school level, Mm -hmm. they need to learn how to read and write. Yeah. They need to know how to spell. um, And that can be done in so many different ways. It doesn't have to be done in a school. It doesn't have to be done out of, you know, whatever textbook they're using in school. And so that took off a lot of the weight. And she also recommended a free online website that had all the different subjects for all the different grades all the way up to high school, which made it so much easier to just get started. Yeah. So to be honest, I started there. And just as we were working through it day by day, I got to see where I could supplement with other materials because I just Mm -hmm. have a love for learning and we have hundreds and hundreds of books all over the place in our house. Right. Um, and so I had to scale back all that I had in my mind and right. that I had spent years dreaming about and not trying to force it into my eight-year-old at the time. Right. <laughs> and actually four-year-old, four-year-old, my youngest was four at the time. Okay. And he was so different than the older one. Yeah. The older one, I was able to start, he was, he just ate up songs and different um, learning experiences at two. And I mm. look back at these videos and he's able to do all these things from so young. And then I get the four-year-old, <laughs> the four-year-old could care less. <laughs> he just, all he wanted to do was play. And so I did have to scale back um, my dreams and yeah. my thoughts of what this is supposed to look like mm. and see who each of my children were. Wow. That's so important. In fact, that's something we kind of talked about um, before we actually started recording. We were talking about the differences of our kids and their personalities. And we know that real life teachers have to do this in school, like in a school mm-hmm. setting, they have to take into account 20, 30 different kids and their different learning styles and their different personalities. So kind of a follow-up, how do you manage those plans and that curriculum based on those different personalities for your boys? They are, there's independent work that they do. And so I plan the day where they're not doing their independent work at the same time. Okay. And so the older one may be doing his independent work. For example, he might be doing his math work um, that he already is familiar with. So he'll do his math while I sit with the younger one doing reading or doing phonics. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we'll switch And so that makes it a little easier. We do certain subjects like math and reading, obviously, are going to be at different levels. And so those we'll do separately. But then we're going to do the social studies or the history. We'll do the science together. We'll do read alouds together. And so that touches some of the language arts and the literature at the same time. Um, So every day, honestly, is different. Yeah. And as much as I would thrive in a scheduled, this is the same every single day at the same time, seeing learning happens everywhere. Yeah, that's so good. It happens everywhere. It happens 
all the time. Mm-hmm. And like so much so we do it in the car when we get in the car. Yeah. And the, my boys have gotten in the car and said, can we just ride today? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I have to listen to them. Yeah. Too. <laughs> we need our, we need our break, mom. Yeah. <laughs> Give us just a little break. It's. It's funny because so you say learning can happen everywhere. And that's so good and so good for us to hear as parents, just to continue to remind ourselves. If you feel like you don't have, you know, it together in regards to your homeschool, remember your kids are learning at every stage. And something I've loved following about you, especially on social media, is um, like you don't allow your guys' schedules, whether it's a vacation or a work trip, to stop the learning. So can you share a little bit more about like how when you do have to go to, out, out of town or your husband has to travel and you guys maybe go with him, what that looks like for you and how you incorporate that into the learning. Yes. As we evolved from the free online day-to-day curriculum and being able to supplement with books, it just got bigger and bigger as we continued on and trips, field trips, we do locally. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are involved in a couple of different homeschool groups. And so we do some field trips locally by ourselves, yeah. me and the boys or me and the boys and my husband. And so we do it as a family or we'll do it with these homeschool groups as well. Uh, but that broadened to travel and just realizing that as we're going through history, for example, these are places that are within reach. Yeah. And so we would intentionally take road trips for the purpose of homeschooling. Okay. So you intentionally made these trips surrounding around that. That's amazing. We did. And one of the longest trips we've taken, we went to, we drove out to Houston to the Space Center. That was our end goal. But we knew that was such a long trip. And so I strategically planned different points where we would stop. We stopped in Montgomery. Mm. We stopped in New Orleans. And then we made it to the, I mean, to the space center in Houston, did an overnight there, which was the neatest experience. Yeah. Uh, but then we continued on to Galveston. Wow. And then made our way back. Yeah. And so. Road trips for us have become learning experiences. Like we're planning a trip to Toronto to see my husband's family up Mm -hmm. there. But we're not going to just, we could have just as easily gotten on a plane and gone. But why do that when it's the summer and we can make stops along the way? Yeah. And so we have learned to incorporate homeschooling with our vacation plans. That's awesome. Uh, We did go to the Philippines, which was a, it was just a dream. Yeah. A dream from a homeschooling perspective, a dream from a family standpoint. And it was amazing mm. because we had read about the Philippines. Right. Uh, and when we get there, I had to, I had to put on the shelf my idea of what this trip was going to look like from a homeschooling perspective. Right. You had to sit your expectations down. Yes, I did. And it wasn't until I got back that I see they met my expectations and beyond. Mm. It didn't look the way I thought it would look. Yeah. I brought the math. I brought the reading thinking, you know, we would squeeze this in somewhere. Yeah. But we read as we saw different sites and there's the placards that you had to read or there were 
the pamphlets and brochures that you would look at at the when you entered into a place, or there was just the interaction yeah. with the people. Yeah, and because we were there for so long, we moved from you know that week that you're doing sort of the touristy stuff to really settling into the culture and seeing how the people in the Philippines lived. And just a side note. I am Filipino. I was born here in the U.S., um, but ethnically I am from the Philippines. My husband's from Barbados. And I mention it only because it does add a different dynamic to homeschooling for us. And there are values that are, that may be important to us that would not be as important to the next family. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, I think that's the beauty of homeschooling is that you, you know, it's not like you're picking and choosing every little piece that's important to you, right? Because we know that there are things that have to be included, like mm-hmm. you said, that are standard. But in addition, you're able to teach things that are important to your family culture, your family values that may not be incorporated in a school setting, um, which is really beautiful. And I know like your boys are never going to forget those experiences that they've had, whether it was at the Philippines or somewhere else, because like for me, I'm a visual learner. So oftentimes sitting in a classroom, you'll kind of lose me because I'm like, well, I'm not, I want you to show me how, right. And I just remember like when I was able to get out and experience those things, like going to Mexico, even as a young child, I won't forget some of the things I saw there because it, it's a totally different learning experience to be immersed into a different culture. Absolutely. I was a more traditional learner. I'd sit in a desk and I went to a public school and it turned out fine. My husband did too, and he turned out fine. (laughs) Yeah. But I learned for the test. Yes. And so when I, when we did start, it was funny because I would think back to that show. Are you smarter than a fifth grader? Fifth grader. Yeah. My son was in the third grade at the time and I thought, I don't know. That's kind of questionable as I look at some of this. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's why I decided against homeschooling because I was like, I don't know half these answers. <laughs> so I'm glad I'm not alone in that and that you're still successful. I am. And I am learning along the way. <laughs> that is amazing. Well, we kind of touched on some of these, but I would like to actually hear um, more intentionally your thoughts around, you know, because with anything, there's really rewarding and there's really challenging components. So what are those for you in regards to homeschooling? The most rewarding part of homeschooling for me is the connections that they make. One from just the book knowledge to experience, Mm -hmm. just like I was mentioning in the Philippines, we had read stuff in the books, but when we get there and we're actually seeing it or they're reading about it, it was really neat to hear them make connections to what I knew we had covered in a book because mm-hmm. now it reinforces it and it brings whatever we read in a book to life. Uh, and then the other connections would be to people. Mm. Relationships are definitely important to us. Yeah. And so the connections that they're able to make with first and foremost the Lord and being able to go through our day and be able to see how whatever they may have talked about in service in church the previous Sunday or at any point, they were able to see it in our day to day or because we've done this devotional or we've read this Bible story. Well, what does this mean? Yeah. What does this mean in our day to day? Yeah. And that's something that we intentionally do as we read through the Bible. Yeah. 
It's not just about knowing the Bible stories or even memorizing verses as much as it is. What do you think God is speaking to you? Mm, yeah. And I have them journal it. And so they're practicing this relationship, this intangible relationship with a heavenly father that they don't see. Yeah. Um, and then obviously the, just their relationships with one another, their relationships with us. Yeah. We talk a lot. We yeah. dialogue a lot, um, critical thinking and just making those connections. Yeah. Like I said, is important and valuable to us. And so that is the most rewarding. I think when I see them mm-hmm. make those connections and the light bulbs go off because they happen at the most random times. Right, right. I think they're supposed to be happening when I'm sitting here with them and when I'm teaching them. And again, it's the putting the expectations of what this is supposed to look like for them on the shelf and just do what I am supposed to do, which is lay this all out before them. Be a guide. Yes. And then the most challenging has been one, separating mom from teacher. Mm, I didn't even think about that. Teacher is going to, she holds a different role. Yep. Then a mom. And it is tough because I have found myself on days really just getting on them about everything. And that can be discouraging for all of us. And it, it, at the end of the day, damages our relationship. And so Mm -hmm. it's me having to take a step back and remind myself, what are we doing here? Mm -hmm. And reminding myself that relationship ultimately is what's most important out of all of this. Mm -hmm. And so if that means, okay, we need to set this aside. And if we don't do school today, because we all are just off. Yes. (laughs) Then we don't. Yeah. Um, So, you know, we have our ups and our downs, but separating, um, me as a mom from me as a teacher is di- is definitely difficult for me to do. And then it's also def- difficult for them yeah. to do as well. And then sort of along that same line, seeing that this is school time as opposed to this is home and all your toys are here right. and the backyard's out there and yes. I, they just finish up something and then they take off from the table. Right. Uh, so that's, that's sort of a practical day-to-day challenge. And I think the other challenge is we've mentioned it it's the not imposing my dreams my own personal dreams Mm -hmm. and my own personal passions for learning and the expectation of what I think this is going to look like and setting those aside Mm -hmm. to know that as long as I do my part to give them this diverse educational experience that they will learn what they need to learn uh, Charlotte Mason, who is a educator from the 1800s, she calls it a feast. And the idea of a feast or even a buffet is you have all these, this food laid out. Yeah. You have all these educational experiences laid out, but we all pick something different. Mm, that's so cool. Based on what our likes are, yeah. what our dislikes are. And so having to kind of take that perspective on a day-to-day basis, knowing this is my part to present it all to you mm-hmm. and trusting that they're going to get what they are going to get based on who God has created each of them. Wow. That is so good. I, I have never thought about that in regards to teaching or really anything that can be applicable in so many areas of feast. So thinking of it in that context, right? 
there are so many different options in regards to what your day looks like. And you said your days can be different, mm-hmm. right? They're vastly different sometimes, especially if you're traveling. But how did you kind of come to terms with what you guys wanted to do for your family? Because like I did a little bit of research on this with my daughter when I started transitioning to part-time work. Like for a two-year-old, her school day mm-hmm. right at home is very short. It's like an hour. They recommend like an hour, an hour and a half. And I could be a little off on those numbers, but that's what I remember researching. So as your kids get older, I know that that's different. And how did you kind of, when you're navigating through the curriculum and the plan that you set for your year, how do you figure out what works best in regards to like timeframe for your kids and finding that balance between home and life? So kind of it's a two-part question, right? So how do you figure out your hours for your school day and what are working and what are then back to home hours? And then do you have a separate space for homeschooling? Our day-to-day, like I mentioned, is very different. Okay. Even if we are home, kind of depending on what we have going on personally. And that is the beauty of homeschooling, that it is not confined to the same eight to three uh, timeframe that, a traditional school has. We actually don't get started until about 10. We're not necessarily early morning people. (laughs) You're my kind of people, Cheryl. (laughs) So we don't get started until about 10. And then two hours later, we have lunch. And then it is almost downhill from there (laughs) because it's now the afternoon for all of us, not even just them. Right. Um, So we do have to be creative on how we have to get the material in because obviously they do have to cover certain standards for each grade level. Right. Um, so it, it varies. Okay. It varies. It's not necessarily a Monday to Friday school week either. There is Saturday sometimes, uh, I try not to do weekends because they look forward to the weekends, but then we come back to the, well, do you remember we took all Monday off or, and we did a field trip this week and we did a play date. And so there's so many other things that have to be balanced in a school week. But the way I have decided on what is important, we don't plan for a whole year. We okay. literally plan kind of week to week, depending on what's going on. Okay. And the way I kind of go week to week or even for the school year is I have filtered our curriculum. I've filtered field trips. I've filtered the homeschool groups that we've decided to be a part of. Pretty much every decision is filtered through what is important to us as a family and the experiential learning and just critical thinking, the dialogue, even public speaking is important from Mm -hmm. an academic level because they can get the, you know, how to add and subtract and they can learn adjectives and nouns and they can learn all of the academics. Yeah. But at the end of the day, we want them to be able to communicate well, Mm. which is going to require all the things that we have to teach them. So that's important. Um, Diversity in the books, the kinds of books we read is important. The experiences, the community that we're around, excellence Mm -hmm. over perfection. Yeah. Is huge. And then I've already mentioned just the importance of relationship, their mm-hmm. relationship with the Lord, um, family, friends, and then even others. And that all becomes the filter through which 
I plan our day or I plan the curriculum that we're going to use or the lessons that we're going to cover, the field trips we'll take, the groups and the people that we're choosing to be around, just knowing it can be overwhelming. Yes. There's so much information out there. Yes. All of us, I would venture to say, are ready ready and willing to share our (laughs) thoughts about homeschooling. Yep. And so all of that can be overwhelming and we just, and all of it sounds good. Yes. There are websites out there. There are podcasts out here. Um, all of it's great, but having to decide as a family, what is important to you as a family? What's important, um, for you as parents, for your children. And from there, you can now pick and choose what it is you're going to do and how you're going to do it. And and do you have a separate space dedicated for learning or do you incorporate that into your, um, into your space at home? We have a beautiful homeschooling space. <laughs> it has a nice, like, I think there are like 16 or 24 of those Ikea book. Oh yeah. Cubes the cubes <laughs> that are filled with all kinds of books there's a piano or a keyboard in there. We've got a nice little sofa, a table in there. We've got games, educational games, and we barely spend any time in it. <laughs> so what I hear is flexibility is very important. Yes, yes. So in hindsight, would I have put that room together? I probably still would because I need the organization. I need to know where certain things are right. what we're going to use. So it's all there and they know where all of that stuff is, but we find ourselves a lot at the kitchen table. Yep. We find ourselves outside with actually for the pandemic, we knew they needed more space than this inside. Mm-hmm. And so we had a fort built for them oh, that has a cover and there's tables and chairs out there. So we'll wow. school out there. We have a trampoline sometimes. Yeah. We'll go out there on the trampoline. Yeah. Uh, we'll go to the park and learn. So my kind of learning. Yes. If I have to run errands, you, they'll come with me. Yeah. But then I'm constantly thinking, what can they learn from this experience? When right. we go to Walmart, it's I have $20 or you have $20. What can you buy with $20 to make mm-hmm. dinner tonight? Yep. Um, Meal planning. That was yes. one of the things that she did actually with homeschooling is she had the kids plan out this menu as if they had a restaurant. And it was, I, I saved it. You know, like every once yes. in a while, there's the really cool project you save and that's going to be <laughs> one that goes in his box. Um, well, I'm excited. So what, just as a lasting thoughts, yes. what would you say to those out there who are considering, um, transitioning to homeschool? I would say trust your gut when you, stop before you even go through the list of pros and cons and why you would want to do this before you do any research on how to do this. I think being still long enough to sense what is in your gut, what is, what mm-hmm. are you, what is in your heart to do? And if homeschooling is where you land, then you make the decision to just do it. Yeah. Without any what ifs, without any of that, mm-hmm. make the decision first because it can be overwhelming again because of all the research yeah. and resources that are out there that you can see. Okay, I could see doing it 
And then something happens in life and I can see why not. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and how much easier it is to not. It is hard, but it's a different kind of hard. Yeah. To homeschool. And then after that, I think like I mentioned earlier, is deciding as a family what is important to you. Mm. What is important to you? List out one, two, three, however many things, however long your list is on what is important to you. And from there, allowing that to be your filter as you now sift through all of the material and information that is out there. It is not hard to get started. All Georgia really requires is a declaration of intent to homeschool. You put your child's age or grade and the school year and you sign it and you send it off to the Department of Education. They're not asking for attendance. They're not asking for what your curriculum is. They're not asking for any of it. Yeah. And so that's a really simple decision to make and step out there. But obviously the, the more daunting task is deciding, well, how are we going to do this? Right. But if you have those values, that list to filter all of this information from, it makes it a lot easier to decide, okay, this is what resonates. Mm -hmm. This is what I, and it's all trial and error. Yes. And it's a decision you don't just make once. Right. You literally make it every single year. Mm, that's, that's so important. So it's interesting that you talked about how easy it is in the state of Georgia, because it took me back to when we did it for that one semester for our oldest. And it, it was so easy for us to make that call in that season for us where it just felt like the right decision, like you said, trusting your gut. But then it was an easy transition to put him back into mm-hmm. his public school um, starting that next semester. And so what I hear is you're saying, you know, build a foundation. If this is a yes for you, if this is a path you want to walk on as a family, create your foundation. And even more importantly, what I love about your story is that although you had a desire to homeschool based on your child's personality, you didn't make that decision for him because it ultimately impacts him. Right. 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 You allowed life to happen. You allowed him to go to public school or to go to private school and And then as the pandemic hit, you saw an opportunity and you even then probably had thoughts, well, maybe this is the time. But what you did is you didn't make the decision on your own. You not only made it with your family, your husband, but you also did it based on a decision of watching your son say, you know, based on those emotions chart, right, from his teacher, that he was enjoying being home. Yes. And you made that decision as a family. And then you continue to make it every year. So I think these are not just important reminders for us, for those who are homeschooling now or desiring to, but just in general as family members. Like this is, I'm taking away so many good pieces today that these are things like our families are constantly changing. Our seasons are constantly changing. And these decisions we don't make on our own, right? Whether you're a single parent or you're a a nuclear family or blended or whatever, fill in the blank, you're making decisions as a family and you're talking to your children and you're letting them play a part and having some stake in the conversation. Absolutely. Um, Well, I am super excited. Another great takeaway for me today is laying down expectations, right? This is true (laughs) everywhere. Like, yes. Whether it's in your marriage, it's in friendships, it's in life, it's in busy seasons. Um, so that is such a key piece that we're taking away today. So I hope you have enjoyed today's conversation and learned as much as I have today. Um, if you don't already, please share, please subscribe. You can follow us at howdoimom.com to get more resources. You can follow us on Instagram at howdoimom, on Facebook at howdoimominc. 
and on Twitter at how do I mom underscore com. Thank you so much for joining us today and we'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us today. Subscribe and make sure to visit howdoimom.com for more resources. That's my cue. Until next time, stay connected and share your light because you are extraordinary.